The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hello, everyone. Happy freaking Friday. Best day of the week. But I forgot what Friday feels like. Is anyone else having that problem? Anyway, today I have two special guests. I have two guests. That's fun. These two guys are hilarious. They're two of my very good friends. They're incredible musicians and cooks, even though one time they made really bad pizza here. Wow. I can't believe <laughs> okay, that's how going to intro us. So, wow. yeah, 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 no yeah. one's going to respect us for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> but they, Just, guess what? They got. But you guys have a show on... Food Network. Food Network, yes. I don't know what I was Have you ever heard of that before? Well, there's you another watch food TV channel. Or? Isn't there the food channel? And then there's there's cooking network. channel. There's okay, anyways, food network. There's, it's guys, a whole umbrella family. You were in it and you didn't even watch it. And you don't even know what network it's on. I, I would forget most things if my head wasn't screwed on. I forget my head if it wasn't screwed. Anyways, what Katie, are, are you hungover right now? <laughs> no. Did you, did you show up with this hungover? Before we get too far into this, I have on the Potash twins, I have Ezra and Adib Potash. Welcome. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for having us. This <laughs> is such a delight. You, had to... you said two guests because a lot of people just leave me out of it. Oh, But no. you didn't do that, so I'm already grateful for that. <laughs> for those of you that can't see, because this is a podcast, there are three people involved in this in <laughs> or, the making of this podcast. Three can't... people, two microphones, you know. Or if you're bad at math. You said make you guys sound cool, and I was trying, but then you stepped in on it. She was trying to make us sound cool, which is an uphill battle, apparently. We all normally have really cool lives, and I feel like now, especially for y'all, you're used to being on the road, traveling, playing music, and in different cities all the time, and now you've just been at home in Palm Springs sort of living the retired life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, they totally think we're cool, right? Yeah. This is great. I, I haven't done anything. Well, people think I don't do anything, period, or I just sit at home, which is like, the truth, but at least I make it look good. <laughs> you make everything look good, Katie Maloney. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely weird. I'm not going to lie. We're used to being on the road 80% of the time and traveling and performing with really fun people. And now just because of COVID, there's no live performances anymore. And so we're at home doing a lot more of the cooking yeah. than the live music making. Uh, yeah. But I think that's good. I think, you know, artists... I think I would consider you an artist as well. We like to break up the monotony. I think something really special about being an artist is the ability to kind of, you know, live life from different perspectives. And I think this is what a, a forced perspective we're all like taking right now. But I think it'll, I think the creativity that will come out of it will be far superior to the normalcy we've been dealing with. So, because there's their show called The Takeout Twins on Food Network, which is a really cool concept because it's basically about how you can cook the meals that you would normally order out from at home and then taste them against um, the restaurant quality. Exactly. And you exactly. guys, but you guys film that within these past six months when we've been in quarantine, and that experience was something in itself. No, we were lucky in the way we were one of the first TV shows to like start filming again yeah. or start filming during COVID show. We can do that. Yeah. You know, our, it's a limited crew. So it's not, it's not like this is, this is safe. And the format lended itself to quarantine of being able to do, have guests on via zoom Absolutely. or whatever it was. Completely we change it up. They were going to be in studio with us. Yeah. But we ended up having to for people that haven't seen the show kind of going off of what Katie said, it's, 
you know, DNI making and teaching celebrities how to make their favorite and the most popular takeout dishes that you'd order on a regular basis. But at the end of each episode, the guests have no idea that we ordered the same dish that they just tried to make with us. Tom and I were guests on it. We made really yummy shrimp tacos, like really yummy. Well, it was because of the avocado crema that we did oh, that yeah. Tom refused to eat. <laughs> Tom doesn't like creamy stuff. Tom kind of has the palate of like an 11 year old yeah. boy that like only grew up eating chicken fingers, chicken fingers, which is sort of respectable, but it was so fun. I mean, to me, the, the honestly, the craziest thing wasn't even filming it. It was like after kind of like the press tour that ensued of like some things being filmed, like in studio, like we did Kelly Clarkson show and Rachel Ray and like a bunch of things that were in studio. And then some things that were like, you would just do a zoom interview for like we did E news yeah. and it was like a yeah. zoom interview. And it's like, you know, the back in the day, pre COVID, <laughs> one of the most fun things about like being in the entertainment industry was like going and doing all these press things and totally. like meeting meeting people that you're like in the green rooms with. Yeah, do, zooming from your house where it's just like you and your dogs, which is is cute and it's fun. But yeah, it's it's not the same dogs. as like going into studio, or going into someone's office and having that whole experience. It's it's not as special. No, it's not as special. <laughs> it's it's not and. You know, I think especially when I have to do it alone with him, it's not as fun. For me. Well, they're also <laughs> oh. making it sound like these are such champagne problems. No, I we know. of course are lucky to be doing the things that we do, and yeah. we we feel absolutely honored and blessed that this we get to live the life lives that we live. Yeah. Um, I just think COVID has has changed so much, and I think we're just commenting on like the change that mm-hmm. we've noticed from our perspectives of like making content and yeah, doing. Exactly. From the way you make the project to the way that you're promoting the project, it's all different now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. People keep asking about our show and I don't have the answers yet because COVID has definitely impacted our shows, like particularly more than other ones because of the restaurant aspect to it all. But yeah, some, some, some things just can't weather this and that sucks no you're really hitting on a big subject in our in our world like our bubble is the food world and you know right now i think everybody that's sort of like tangentially involved with food is like doing everything that we all can to like help all of the restaurants in need right now i think that was another big part of doing this show with food network was each episode we ordered takeout from our favorite mom and pop restaurants because it was super important for us to do because it, this was, you know, right when COVID was impacting all of the all of our favorite restaurants and our friends' restaurants that were going from, you know, a two hundred seat restaurant to only doing takeout, and that's just not a sustainable way to work with any business. But let alone just on the on the flip of a dime like that to be able to, yeah. to change your whole business profile. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Sambari, and we are the hosts of That's So Retrograde. Heard of us? For the past 200 and some episodes, we've been trying to figure out what the hell wellness is. We have inspiring and fun conversations with all types of amazing people, from healers to comedians to whatever's in between. We're five years in, but we're just getting started. So hop on board every Thursday to join the party and route to living your best life. And don't forget your cannabis. Or to check us out on Instagram at So Retrograde. That's right. Bye. See you there. Yeah, I mean, so many restaurants aren't surviving this. So, but I like that's why I liked that you guys added that element of like supporting 
the local businesses in your neighborhood. And even though you were <laughs> swimming, like, well, you could just make this a home. <laughs> well, it's funny because <laughs> no, I know, I know. No, our whole our whole shtick with yeah. the food world is we're everyday people. We're, I mean, we're musicians and we're not chefs. The whole point is we're not chefs. We're we're basically just like you. We're interested in food. We cook a lot at home. What are things that we order all the time are. Can you make a version of it at yeah. home that satisfies you? Mm-hmm. And our whole mission. And, and what out of those can you make actually better? Yeah. Better and, and, and I think that, you know, through doing this show, we figured out when you make it at home, you know what's going in it. So therefore you're a more educated eater because you know the components of the dish, but you're also able to, you know, add less butter if you're trying to make it healthy or you, if you like it spicier, you can customize it. And I think yeah. to us, it's more about empowering the, the people that don't have the, the, the chefy skills like me, to, <laughs> like or, me. or the confidence <laughs> yeah. like Katie Maloney, who did make two incredible Thanksgiving pies I know. for what all of I us say? yesterday. I mean, by all well, of us, I mean, ba- three baking people is here, but yeah, different than cooking. Like, what do they say? Baking is more scientific science. Cooking is art. We say we say because as the musician side of us, baking is playing classical music and Cooking, cooking is jazz, jazz. Mm-hmm. because baking is like in classical music, you read the There's script, you know, you read the sheet music, you, you you play it the best you can. You know, maybe you emphasize or accent a couple notes differently, but yeah. you're, you're following the sheet music to a T to a T. Mm-hmm. And when you're cooking for us, like we said, it's kind of more like jazz. You can spice it up a little bit. You can go off script. Your career started in music. <laughs> and then because of that and the crowd that you were around, and your enthusiasm for food and in the kitchen, how do you make that transition or how do you become so immersed in both worlds? It's so interesting. We, we always know really intent and we've always been extreme avid foodies, avid home cooks, world travelers, like everything food in the the culture of cuisine was something so important to us for our entire life, but we never ever thought it was going to be a part of our career in any possible way. And for mm-hmm. context, we grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> so we didn't, culturally we, deprived. Yeah, culturally deprived yeah, what is, what of is a like lot. The, like what is Omaha's most famous dish? What we is Omaha's something? Steak. No, the most famous dish in Omaha oh, is something Ruben. called, no, called, well, well the, the Runza. Yeah, well, okay. You're you're throwing up, throwing weird curveballs out there. Yes, the Reuben was invented in Omaha, At the, Black- the Blackstone Black- Hotel, and yes, by Reuben Kolakowski. And yes, whiskey steak is something that you can get there, but it's kind of gimmicky. But no, like the Runza, which I probably I feel like we've maybe told you about the Runza. The Runza is no. the Nebra- most famous dish in Nebraska. What is it? It's a fast food chain that prioritizes. It's a sub hot pocket with ground beef and cabbage and onions inside. It's like okay. a beef hot pocket. It's like a calzone that looks like a Subway sandwich, but there's no like open part of the sandwich. So it's, it's like all... a meat pie? I mean, sure. Yeah, we'll I mean, if you want to throw in some like, you know, British cultural, uh, <laughs> medieval yeah, cooking. medieval cooking, we'd call it a meat pie, but medieval no, it's, cookery. but it's Nebraska. So I dare I hot say pocket. it, it's, it's a, it's a hot it's pocket. A <laughs> um, and it's a lovely hot pocket. Does I it think. have ham and cheese in it? Oh, uh, I'm, they make, <laughs> they make several different types I of mean, runzos. Cause the ham and cheese a, hot pockets are the best ones. Well, I so. haven't, we're not as well versed in actual hot pocket eating as we probably should be coming from Nebraska, but this is like the Runza is this thing that if you're at a Nebraska Husker game and you don't eat a Runza, you didn't even go to the game. Okay. <laughs> I've never had a Reuben. Is a that Reuben. crazy? Oh, really? That is odd. That yeah, is odd. I you know, make I've... fun of us all the time for not seeing movies. and you. Well, well because I, I, like 
not eating certain foods is not the same as never seeing like the most obvious movies, like like never seeing Christmas Top Vacation or Top Gun, or like so like you haven't seen anything. Every time I start talking about stuff, all you do is bring up the West Wing. Okay, yes, we love the West okay, Wing. We're getting off. We're getting off topic. I here. know. Were you good cooks? Did you know how to cook? Or D, I'm as by the way for context. D has always been <laughs> an absolutely surprisingly superior home cook. Mm-hmm. He can go into a restaurant, eat something. You know how they're like, and I'm I'm going to talk about myself now, which is going to be so stupid, and everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> but like, you know, there's some musicians that they've never been trained anything. But they at anything, but they're like their ear is is amazing, and right. they pick up a guitar and they can play. It. There's just people who are like that. Yeah. For some reason, I've like always been able to like know what to do with food when I'm cooking. Like I know how to cook something. So well. you're just like extra talented. Because I don't could, know. You could also I've, play like the trumpet, like no one's business, and you can just like taste something and know how to replicate it. You can like reverse engineer. Well, I don't think it's extra talented. I think it's the same part of the brain that you use for both. You're talking to me and I have zero sets of skills. So <laughs> I don't think that's no, true. I, I don't excel at Katie, anything. No, stop. I might, don't say I might that. do some things. I might be like, I might be okay-ish at some things, but I don't excel at anything. I really want to be an amazing friend here and be like, that's so not <laughs> true. You're so talented. I'm kidding. You, but you really are. You don't give yourself <laughs> enough credit. I think you're, you, there's so many things that you're extremely good at that. I just don't think that the world knows that you're really good at. You're, you're an impeccable articulator of your feelings. Yeah. I've always, well, as to, as, it depends on who you're asking. Some people might say that I'm a bitch. I, I go yeah, I, say, a, I agree with you that I, an, I can just articulate my feelings better yeah, than other that's people. That's an easy label to paint know, somebody with. I, I think that that's a really lazy Listen, way I'm, to paint I'm, somebody. I'm like pretty good at doing my hair and doing makeup. I can do other people's hair. No, I'm like, pretty good, but I'm not like I'm not a professional. Yeah, but you're like the Ernest Hemingway of telling somebody how you feel to their face. <laughs> well, wow. Oh my God. That, that, Some people can write it. Katie can just say it to your face. Yeah. I, I just as somebody that's like on camera. I absolutely admire the way you're able to just be you like so well You've because never watched like, the show. We, they haven't seen yeah. the shows. No, we, oh, yeah, so. we haven't seen the show, but like <laughs> I'm just saying as your friend and also like we, I see the things you put on Insta story and in social media, like what you do so effortlessly people in our field work years to just come off naturally on camera. Well, you've grown up with the education of reality, tele- being in a reality television. You went to Harvard, basically. You went to the Harvard <laughs> version of the Harvard School of Reality. <laughs> basically. Okay, I guess that is a skill of just kind of being able to be comfortable in front of a camera, but mm. I also grew up like performing. So I was like, I, I didn't get shy. Yeah, kind you, of, you didn't have stage fright issues. No. no. Can I, can I, I, I kind of <laughs> want to get into like a deeper subject with you. What? I think that you find yourself in We're supposed this, to be talking about y'all, yeah, by No, the way. I know, but I think that I'm just as a friend here. <laughs> okay. I think that you're in like, you know, your friend group has this sort of bubble aspect to it where I think like you, if you weren't in that bubble, you'd be like, people would look at you as like, you are this queen of like all these things, but because you're in like this group, people like see you in this group, but like as an individual, it's harder to shine in that way. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yes. Everyone in our group kind of like plays, we don't have our roles, but yeah, I I can kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a Um, really weird tangent, but yeah. Anyways, we were talking about cooking and whatever and how we, yeah. Like, I feel like we should talk about, you know, 
maybe like our our main career is <laughs> yeah, like is, career. Is, is trumpet and trombone players. Yeah, trumpet, trombone players. They're amazing. So when when did you start playing? How old were you? We were 13. Yeah, we okay. we were kind of, we started pretty late for the typical like that sounds late, but like 12, 13 is not late for anything. In fifth grade. Yeah. So what? We're like 10, 11. That's not that young. And you either had to choose to be in concert band or you had to sit in a classroom and play the recorder. So we didn't like at first, I don't know whether it was just the way our school was set up, but all of our friends from different schools were already in band a year before us and we weren't. But I think by the time we were actually in band, we knew we loved it. Like it, mm-hmm. it was actually an accelerant to take to like have that one year that we didn't do it. And I also think at that age where you sort of like learn, you're starting to have ideas for yourself, and be, again, starting to articulate those things. Well, but I kind yeah. of mean in the way we're like, you know, when you're of a certain age and you're like a little bit above average at something, and everyone around you says you're good at that thing, and it like boosts your confidence, and like they're trying to nurture you to like. I don't know what that feels like. In there. <laughs> all I mean, all I mean is that like no, okay, we yeah. were at that age yeah. where you're like, you know, some people are better at sports, some people are better mm-hmm. at school academically, some people are are more keen to like music, and I think at that age that we were 13 or 12 or 13, our yeah. thing just started to become music, and we were really into you know, practicing our instruments and learning new music and listening to new music we never heard before. And well, and, and I think like as instrumentalists, there's, there becomes a point where you have all of these musical ideas in your head, but you really have no platform to be able to articulate it. Yeah. And when you start to learn, it's like a language. When you start to learn how to articulate it, which is going to come back to Katie being able to articulate her feelings <laughs> perfectly, but like you start to be able to have the vocabulary that yeah. you didn't to express yourself. And at 13 or 14, you're just starting to learn like how to walk on an instrument. But by the time you like really get in, in, in to practicing and, uh, playing music that you like to play, not just what they're telling you to play in band class. You start to have this vocabulary of being able to express yourself through music. And it just becomes this incredible platform for you to relate to other people, to relate to yourself better, to relate with other people who are also playing music with you at the same time. Mm-hmm. And also being an identical twin, like having a brother going through the exact same thing as you at the exact same time and being equally as good as you. Like one of us wasn't always. I don't think it was equal. I think I was <laughs> He's better than you. But I mean, like people look at us and relatively we're like of equal talent in, 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 in playing horns. So once that. Again, once again, debatable. <laughs> but I mean, that is just a crazy, like looking back on that that's a pretty crazy little like what are those things that spin that like you know like in science class there was like that what are those things of course i pick like the one where that no one's i don't know i I mean centrifuge centrifuge like that was a centrifuge (laughs) okay no? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I'm sorry, we played a contentious uh, whip, quiplash last night. Fibbage, Jackbox TV. TV, and yeah. Katie's not really over No, she lot. doesn't even want to make eye contact with me today. I'm, I'm literally staring right at your face. Well, that's the first of the day. I'm <laughs> no, kidding. it's not. No, it's not. I, I explained to you that I'm not social in the morning. I know, as I've discovered. I don't really start socializing until, like, middle of the day. Anyways, okay, so when you, you're 12, 13, you start playing, and then you guys, yeah, being identical twins is crazy, so you can, like, really, like, leverage that into something. And then you both went to school in New York, correct? Mm-hmm. New York City. So that's kind of a big jump. Yeah, that was a big jump. We we did go to Manhattan School of Music and 
he went to SUNY Purchase. And, but there was a catalyst moment. Yeah. So we were 15 in Nebraska and we snuck backstage to, to meet and well, we snuck backstage to meet this guy, Wynton Marsalis, mm-hmm. who's, if you're a jazz person out there, you know that name. He's sort of like the guy. F- no. Oh my God. I was going to say the worst thing. He's sort of like the Martha Stewart of the jazz world. <laughs> wow. He, I still think that's giving him far less credit. Yeah. He's that. actually like a bigger deal than the Martha Stewart right. of the jazz world. It, it's like he almost created food in a way. Like <laughs> this guy, several like Grammys in the twenties, like mm-hmm. something insane like that. And we snuck backstage to meet him because we were kind of like, huge, like huge, 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 huge admirers of his. And we found him and we were like, we really want to play something for you. Like we, we, this we're 15. We think we're good at jazz music. And we like this, we could see this being our future sort of. Yeah. And so we played for him and he gave us like an hour lesson. And next thing we knew, we gave us a cell phone number that said, give me a call when you're in New York city. Wow. And we, we took him up on that a couple, <laughs> like a month or two later, we went to New York city and called him and he, you know, we had that discussion of like, if this is what you want to do, like you got to go to college for it. And like, I'm willing to help you guys get there. And next thing we knew we had full ride scholarships to the best schools to play jazz in the world. Full ride. See, that's yeah. when you know you're special. What? So why'd you go to different schools? It's that's actually interesting. So D's teacher in when you're doing jazz or when you're learning anything that's kind of a craft, but also an art, it's not as much about where you're going as the person in the mentor teacher relationship. Okay, It's an apprenticeship type of not where it's who not where in the protege of Dizzy Gillespie. John Faddis oh, was wow. teaching at this one school in SUNY Purchase and he'd actually come to Nebraska and I played with him a couple like performances. We did a couple of performances and he was like kind of recruiting me in a way. And he was like, I really want you to come to my school. I don't, I only accept one student a year and I want it to be you. Really? And that is such an honor. Like what? It was so you- crazy. At the time, that was like our life. That was like, yeah. oh my God, we're like making it kind of. Like that to us, that was making it at the time. Yeah. L- little did we know, like we were, that was the beginning of a roller coaster that would never end. Were your of. parents musician or musically inclined in any way? Or was my this mom's like. My family is very musical, but my dad's tone does. Your mom, not your mom. Our <laughs> mom, our mother, Amy Nachman, is very, very, she's a, such a good voice. But she I, really. Yeah, okay. she does, but. But I say this in every interview. I do not attribute her vo- vocals to our su- success as musicians. I think, but it is all in the embouchure. So. Embouchure, yeah. But that has nothing to do with, <laughs> unfortunately, for you. Not with singing. No, it. I mean, maybe How? like to like the nth degree that there's an embouchure with I singing. Mean, but I, we didn't go to school for singing. But I, okay. I, from what I know, I think it's all in the diaphragm, right? Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah voice, a little bit. Uses breath. Comes totally. out your mouth. There's, you know, there's, they're, they are intertwined yeah. to a okay. degree. But no, I, I mean, overall, I would not say our family, family is uh, above average musically inclined. I think, I think we listen to, we're introduced to the to jazz music at an early age that, you know, kind of sparked a, a, a flame that we then pursued like technically, and then I think that sort of developed from there. And then you know, things kind of happened. We met a bunch of people, and it kind of. We were in New York. Yeah. First night we moved there, we bumped into this guy, John Batiste, who later uh, became the band leader for Stephen Colbert. But back then he wasn't, he wasn't famous or anything really. We bumped into him and he said, I have a gig tonight. You want to bring your horns and jam with me? We did. But the gig was at Lincoln Center. Dude. <laughs> oh, just a little place called Lincoln Center. How old were you when you went to New York? 18. Okay. So yeah, right, right out, out of high school. Right out of high school. What mm. a change too. 
Oh, from Nebraska to New York? They're, they're <laughs> virtually the same place. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So we were talking a little bit earlier. Was your music school experience similar to that of uh, the movie Whiplash? If anyone saw the movie Whiplash where, what's his name? JK Simmons. And then what's the younger guy? Miles name? something. Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Teller. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He goes and he's we're not seeing anything. Well, I remember <laughs> that is, got both of the names right. Katie. Well, of course you saw that movie, but actually I never did. I really never the did. Teacher. He's such a dick to Miles Teller's character. Like really awful. Does horrible things like just humiliates the students dehumanizes them. It's, it's insane. Did you guys have experience like that? So if I wanted to be super dramatic, I would say like that was the same exact experience, but it wasn't okay. Those things definitely can happen and do happen at music school. They happen to us in some, to some degree. What was like the meanest thing that the teacher Uh, said to you? One teacher of mine in front of a group of 300 people told me to get back to banking because I was Jewish. In front of an entire group oh, of people. Oh, so also... They, they want you... They they're de- putting you through... They demoralize you. They put you through the ringer because they know you're going to get a hell of a lot worse than that on stage, you know. Oh I think God. you're giving them too much credit. I think that they... In a, like, no, it's, no it's, they're, they they're, were treated. There's a they're weird... Like there's a weird thing in jazz that it's not like a supportive thing. It's like a, you need to earn your, you need to earn your, like, stripes kind of. I mean, oh. we were coming from Omaha, Nebraska, and the only gig that there was in town for a jazz musician that was like a big deal was to perform for Warren Buffett for his annual shareholders meeting. And we at, we just cold called him Warren Buffett and sent an email also to follow up and said, we want to play for your event. And we were 15 years old and we got the gig. Wow. And we would go back every year from New York, fly to Omaha, Nebraska and play that gig. And we'd have teachers coming back and say, the wealthiest man in the world's picking you. Why would he pick you to do that gig? I'm better than you. Oh, so our teachers who are like like responsible for us getting better. So there's, it's like, it's like jealousy and competitiveness. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably, what was the meanest thing anyone said to you as I wouldn't say there's like, there was like one experience that was also had some real gems too. Yeah, no, 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 of course. But there, I only the, want to hear this real <laughs> no, no, gritty shit. I think like I, I wouldn't say there was one experience that like left me scarred. It was like a every day showing up to school and then like trying to break you well, for like not, three or four years. I, I mean, I remember one class that I have. It was like an improv class, and it was like you were imagine standing on like unsettled ground. Like you don't know what's, what's going to happen. Are they going to give you a compliment or are they going to crush you? Mm. And every day you go into that class, the first class of the day and they crush you every day. Like Jeez, how many people dropped out? Everybody drops out right away. First year of school. <laughs> I think my class had 50, 60 kids. The next year had 14 kids. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you graduated, where is it just like the two or what you went to well, different schools? So were you like alone? Yes. And well, did that, you, did you ever like earn the respect from your teachers or was it just bad uh, up until the, yeah. the last day? Yeah. I think the longer you stay, the more they, they're like, Oh, this I kid's mean, in it. In for it. Like, you know? We were like, Hey, can we go off to play South by Southwest? Hey, can we go off to pl- do this thing or that or to film a television show? Like then they were like, okay, you're kind of, but then they, but then they'd make fun of us for doing TV because they'd be like, "Well, are you really in it to do no, the, jazz?" They'd call us sellouts. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, you're, you're like, you're not even doing this seriously. Like, you're gonna go off and just do television." Like, well, 
listen, you got to make money. <laughs> well, that's what they didn't realize, which was our strategy from the there, sort of from the, not from the beginning, but it sort of came out. I mean, you guys, I'll put it this way. You're going to spend $40,000 a year on a school for, or for four years for a degree that the best gig in town that night pays you $250. You're telling me that we were getting our side gig in television is what you're mad at us for that. Jealousy. Fine. Like it doesn't make you more hardcore jazz. It doesn't make you a better musician. It doesn't make you anything just because you don't commercialize anything like no no but i think part of being a artist these days is like finding your audience and they kind of wanted to like shut that part of the world out like no i'm here for the craft and it's like well if no one recognizes your craft then are you like what are you doing it for but i think the funniest thing is they would applaud the the kids that were like you know waiting tables to also live their dream of being a jazz musician but what was the difference of us doing it getting a tv show that was actually a harder gig to land frankly yeah. Why, yeah. why are they judging us differently based on that? Yeah. I think it's an attention thing. I think. Yeah, they it, yeah, it definitely is because it's an, it's notoriety. It's having your name in lights along with names of other people as well that are big. It just puts you on a map. Well, I have to add the funniest thing is when I'd say, Hey, I have to go leave to go do like film a TV show. They'd be like, "Hey, can you get me into that one restaurant?" Like they'd ask us to get them into restaurants. <laughs> but then they'd make us like sure file out a form that was like, "We're taking a leave of absence for this for a week to go film this." Like they'd make it some sort of like formal thing that it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, but so that was our experience in in college, and it's very similar to the movie Whiplash, like you were saying. But you know, it wasn't all like I don't want to make it sound like this. Our career has been like cla- like <laughs> shrouded in this like negative like animosity towards that because that just we're not like you know us we're like very bubbly happy people all the time the the reality of it was like we were just sort of learning that like you know entertainment and music is like a cutthroat world where you got to make a name for yourself no one's going to make a name for you and there's no roadmap to getting there it's you have to figure it out and ours happened to be like a very unusual route to getting there (laughs) and totally recognized but I yeah. also think we're reaping the benefits from trying something different. Where it led you was to this entire other sort of secondary, but also intertwined career in food. Well, I think it's down to cut you off, but like people know us from different things. Like some people don't even know we're jazz musicians yet. And <laughs> all of our shows, it's like what we, the main part is like we're jazz musicians, but it's funny. Like, mm-hmm. The funniest, the funniest thing is when people recognize us, our friends are like, like, what do you think it's from? And a lot of the time it's like, I saw you guys play with John Legend or I saw you guys play with Diplo or I saw you guys play with, you know. Yeah, you guys have played with some huge names. Okay, you mentioned John Legend, Diplo. Who else have you We've recorded with, with Chance the Rapper. We've done stuff with RuPaul. We've done, I mean, we've done stuff with like all the jazz people, yeah. like Robert Glasper, John mm-hmm. Batiste, Wynton Marsalis. It, it's kind of everything. Like we're horn players, so we can really play on any genre and any song. Like that's another reason why we picked the instruments we did. It's because we genuinely love all kinds of music and we didn't want to like discriminate. We wanted to play everything. We're most excited to play with. Best experience. We're so excited to play with John just because oh, yeah. he's such a class act, such a talented guy. Sweetest man ever. I know mm-hmm. it sounds funny, but I, I always love pr- playing with Brett Michaels uh. because Brett Michaels <laughs> is one of those guys where like, we'll go play with him and he'll, he'll be like, he'll kind of treat He's it so hyped when we come. Yeah. Really? He gets really excited oh, when we come, okay, but he nice. also treats it like in this way where it's like the band's so excited to have yeah like there's we're all so excited that you guys okay, are so like, it's just like right away. Like you're feeding off. It's like an energy. Thing. Yeah. And yeah. he's such a fun, like it's so crazy to me. 
<laughs> people Brett like, Michaels. There's I mean, like Brett Michaels. <laughs> we don't like. Th- this is the best part about playing with with these types of people is because you know us. We don't know any. We don't know any movies. We'll <laughs> no. go. We'll go. We'll be literally like. The, we'll jump on stage with Brett, and we're like, "Oh, I've heard this song before. That's Brett Michaels' song." And we turn around and we're on stage <laughs> and we, playing it, and we realize it while we're on stage <laughs> playing it with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think the other thing that we have to to mention is our success in both. Uh, aspects of our career like fuel each other so it's kind of this like interesting cycle like our our food world like success like has introduced us to these amazing artists that know we're art like we're musicians and they want us to play with them but they know of us from the television stuff and then and then artists that we love know of us from or like music and they want to do cook with us or something so it's like this it's this weird like unusual cycle that fuels itself mm-hmm. in a really fun way for us. Cause some days we wake up and cook and some days we wake up and jam and it just depends on who we're around. Wow. That must be nice. It's cool. It's fun. To be like, do I want to be like really good at something or really good at something else? Oh, stop. No, because no, no because it's like neglecting another child in a way. But you guys, too. But like you're the mentors and, and people that you've had from the beginning of both careers. We I haven't mean, even talked about Andrew Zimmern yet. That's what I was yeah. about to yeah, say. So, so in the beginning you had Marsalis and then, now you have Andrew Zimmerman who's like taking you under his wing and he's like one of the most legendary, well-known people Bizarre foods. in the food yeah. world. And so you guys, I mean, you guys definitely like attract people to you and people are drawn to you and that must be like another great quality to have. But how did that happen? How do we meet Andrew yeah, or how do how people you meet, how fall did you in love meet with Andrew? us? Because <laughs> that's, that's a deeper We're question. figuring that out. How did you meet Andrew? We met, we were living in New York City and we were back in Nebraska performing because that's, you know, at that point in our career, like we'd be brought back and we would do a show. Yeah. We would do a show. You know, we saw that Andrew was, you know, he flew in on like a private jet and did like a five minute, like speech at a thing and then left. And we we saw, we saw like on his, you know, Insta story or Instagram or something. It was like before Insta story that he was like, he was like on a jet and he was like on my way to Nebraska to do this thing. And we were like in a sound check and we're like, Oh shit. If we didn't have a gig tonight, I'd totally try to be there. And we were like, wait, when, do, when are, maybe if we finish our gig early, we can try to sneak down there and figure and something out. we saw out. that it was sponsored, the event was sponsored by the Chamber of Commerce, who we'd done like favors and gigs for uh, when we were living there. And we called them up and we we're like, hey, put us at his table. Like, we're not going to ask you for any favors ever again. But this, this is, is our favorite we, guy like in the world. But this is like the, like, this is, a, this is our favorite, like, person yeah. in the world like yeah. we really like we knew before we even became friends with them that like this was an important figure in our life like it was like if we had never met him he was still how we traveled the world from our couch in nebraska you know what i mean yeah but sure. then we ended up getting to have dinner with him and him and his wife at the time you know we just hit it off instantly and we we had dinner and he said you know, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Which is so funny that we're, this is Thanksgiving right now. <laughs> but he said, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? It was like November 1st and Thanksgiving was like You're a couple like, weeks later. No. And he, he was like, I'd love it if you guys would fly to Minneapolis and have Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving with my family. <laughs> we were, we were in New York. So we're like, at, we, and in our heads, we're like, oh, he must throw like some big Thanksgiving party and invites and everybody and invites everybody. Like, okay, no. if you come, you can go. So we we go to Minneapolis for Thanksgiving, and it's him, his wife, his son Noah, and his wife's parents, and us. Oh my us. gosh! So it's like you're just sitting now down with grandma and grandpa. Yeah, sitting like, down, <laughs> and we I think we passed, which now because of the crown, I would say the Balmoral test. <laughs> but 
we, well, the, there's such a deeper story to this too, because at the time we had kept kosher our entire lives. Yeah. So we'd never eaten shellfish. We'd never had shrimp, pork, lobster. We'd never pork, had, we'd never had pork before. Bacon, and we told Andrew that, and we had a joke no. with our dad that if we ever met Anthony Bourdain or Andrew Zimmern, mm-hmm. that my dad was always like, you can eat what, what in the Jewish world is called trafe, like unkosher food with them. And so when we had dinner with Andrew, we were like, you know, we've never had any of this stuff, but we would because we've, it's been blessed we by our free. father <laughs> yeah. that we have this sort of like yeah. free pass to eat it with oh, you. Yeah. So we, we thought, you know, he didn't even, wasn't even paying attention to us while we said that we thought that we get to his house and he had one of everything we'd never tried. Joe's stone crab, oh, lobster, Pimona <gasps> barico wow. ham from Spain. He, he went, he went, he went oh, all God. out and he would say, he said, this is it can go one of two ways. I can leave the room. You guys can eat it, and there's plausible deniability that you did, you ate it or didn't eat it. And I'm at, I'm kind of <laughs> at it, like I'm kind of okay, like I'm not gonna get in trouble. He said, or I can stay here with you and I can guide you through it, and we can have like a fun um, kind of discussion. And he was kind of like he wanted to hear how two weird twin musicians that have never eaten anything not kosher trafe before it described like eating prosciutto for the first time or eating stone crab for the first mm-hmm. time or eating lobster for the like in in for someone who traveled to pretty much every country in the world like this is an interesting this is what this guy does on his thanksgiving so we do we eat all the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. true yeah he's doing so right? we, we we eat we try all the food and i i remember telling him i'm like the closest thing i can relate to jamon iberico ham which is like prosciutto the Spanish prosciutto. I said, it kind of tastes like lox to me, like gravlox, smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. And we go through, go down the line and we try everything. We had crickets. We had crickets. We tried everything. Oh my God. And, and after it, he was basically like, he kind of, it was kind of like a, a moment where he was like, this could, you could do this for a career. Like you could host yeah. television, food shows wow. for a career. Would you and do it? he said, would you do it? And I said, we were like no. totally hitting our strides with music, our music career. Mm-hmm. And we were like, you know, we never really thought that that would be, like an option. And, no, we did not, it was like, oh, we didn't wake up. He's going to tell this story. Like he was like, we were asking for it, but no, that's not what happened. And this is sort of <laughs> out of order from the, the college thing that we were talking about before. But at the time, like, you know, in a way this was like kind of our, like a, a big break for us. Cause it was like, we had really done a, in the jazz world. Like we had done a lot of cool stuff. And, and I'll also say this for any aspiring artists out there is like, when you hear people getting their big break, it's never the way you expect it to be. It's always the, it's always something like this. Like we got, we got four <laughs> television shows now from this guy who we admired, but was not in our field. Right. And I saw it on Instagram at a sound check. If I hadn't opened up my phone that day, where would I be in life right now? Yeah. It, it's crazy to think about that. Choices we make. Butterfly effect, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. we think, and, and it's, it's weird, but like, I think a lot of the things that have happened to us in our lives have been like serendipitous, like crazy random well, things. John mm-hmm. playing a Lincoln Center that night was serendipitous. Yeah. yeah. Getting somehow even two backstaged me, Witten, was not possible. Or going to Guy Fieri's house and then him introducing <laughs> us to Diplo, which led to us performing together and whatever. Like, there's a lot of weird things. That's crazy. Maybe it's a twin thing. Maybe it's like a twin power. Twin powers activate. Twin powers have Super activated. Friends. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's crazy. It's quick because now you guys are like a brand. You are the Potash mm-hmm. Twins. You guys look the same. You guys have the same. You have orange, or is it red or orange? They're like red and green. Red, red and yeah, they're green. Okay, red and green glasses. Like you guys just like match, match, match. And you're like this. Your package deal was. A, were you guys like always really close growing up like that? I I don't know how to describe what having a twin is like. I suppose it would be like. 
non-relation, like, I don't know how to say this without being creepy, but like you're kind of born with like a, like a companion. Soul, yeah. Like a, a kind of like a soulmate. Soul, yeah. yeah. Soulmate, best friend, but like they look like you and they generally have the same interests as you. But that doesn't happen yeah. with every twin. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, like we're, you guys, we're like the, we're like the 1% of the 1% of the 1%, I think. You're like, like a version of the, the Bella twins. Yeah. I, who, we love the Bella. Yeah. Too. yeah. Is, uh, Drew and Jonathan Scott are the exact same way as the property brothers. The property brothers. They, yeah. Drew, I, I love well, the, them. Another, another good story is that, you know, we've spent some time with them and Drew and Jonathan are exactly like same. D and I. He's just uh, name Jonathan, dropping. Now Jonathan you're just is, name dropping. No, no, no. This is a really interesting. We're talking about twin okay, stuff. No, I this know. Is, but I want to talk about you guys. Okay. Well, now I just sound like I was name dropping. But then let me finish the story. <laughs> Take a long story short. Jonathan's left-handed. I'm left-handed. Drew's no, 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 right. No, no. Drew's left-handed. You're left-handed. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan's right-handed. I'm right-handed. Jonathan is like the humbler, more quiet one, which is exactly like me. Wait, which one is older now? Of you two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So Dave's older by ten, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, you are the elder. But then Ezra, you're you're kind of like the punk little brother. I'm the ringleader. You, you a little bit. I'm, I kind of. Yeah, because I like, I like y'all's dynamic because it's like, D, you're, you're more okay with kind of hanging back and letting us be more gregarious. Hanging in the cut, as we say, Jazz. <laughs> and like the way I put it is if there were two, I, I could easily be exactly the same person that Ez is. I could have that you know, way more extroverted personality if I wanted to, but two of that would be way too much and no one would, everyone would hate us because as is yeah. just uh, crazy. But that's just like, you're organically like just way chiller than me. I'm like at a 11 all the time and D's like at about a six or seven all the time. But I mean, True. is that, yeah. am I actually that or am I that, that through like environment? environment? Yeah. Like it, I have no idea. It, well, yeah, that's it's like same with me with my friends. Am I am I this person or is it just next to these other people? But, anyways, which one of you was like naughtier who got in more trouble? We were both pretty good. Like, really? Yeah. Boring. You'd think it was me, right? <laughs> yeah. That's funny that you would say it would be one people, but uh, one person, one of us. But like, twins are kind of schemers in that way. Like they're they're to get like Fred and George Weasley for God's sake. Yeah. Like, was one <laughs> of them worse? They, no. They were always scheming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Scheming all day long. Yeah. How many fights have you been in? You count it on one hand. You yeah. Know what I mean, like we don't fight very much. Yeah. Like yeah. There were there were times where we would like you know, get heated with each other. Most of that. Whose fault? Uh, to be honest, it was, it, it, no, it had nothing to do with either of us, frankly. <laughs> oh, yeah, usually no. it, ha it was sort oh. of happened to do with an environment that we were just in. said is for sure you, though. Well, as, <laughs> as is an escalator. Yeah, oh, okay. I, you know, I'm either a, an 11 or a zero. It's like. You'll light the match. And, I'll, I'll and light the match and I'll let it burn and then I'll come back and be like, oh, shit, I should have put that out. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other like twin stigmas that you either hate or just aren't true? Well, I, I honestly, like we're kind of weird about like the twin thing. Like, I think we're very much twins. I think yes. we're very, I think we, we <laughs> yeah, appear. I don't think anyone's debating. No, that. I think we appear to be one unit. I think we're very individual in a yeah. lot of ways. I think we're a, very much a team in, in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's a lot of twins and like the acting in a Hollywood world that are like, I don't want to like name drop them, but there's like a pair of twins that have always been vibey to us who are like very famous actors. Um, yeah, they just don't even like when we're around, and we've never, we've like never done anything. No other reason, but they're, like that they think no, we're like no, the same. Tell me, these Clark brothers, they don't like you. You got beef? No, I mean, no, like no. I don't think we have beef with them, but I think that like whenever we're it's like not being it, in their know. vicinity, no, it can be whatever. But they're not listening. Whenever we're in their vicinity, I feel like they like they're just we're just like weird with each other. Like we don't click. They're together. like we are the twins here tonight. 
Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it feels like. Exactly, exactly. They don't want to share like the and twins. And we're like huge spotlight. fans of theirs too, oh, so it's really sad for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fucked up. Have you tried to like extend no. an olive branch? Maybe you guys can t- combine twin forces. The twin. That power. might be like too much twinage. It's like the Care Bear stare. <laughs> Sorry, no, but, okay, but I know I've asked you this before, but it's like, and I know you guys are like you're focused on other things. You're also really young, so it doesn't really matter. But like, what happens when one of you all gets a girlfriend? Because that will. Change the dynamic. Change the dynamic. Yeah. Put off as long as it can possibly be put off. Totally. Like, I, you know, a lot of people ask us about that. And I think we're, it's so interesting because we, D and I discuss it internally, you know, overarching theme is that we don't want fear. Yeah. It's a fear of like breaking up what's working. Yeah. What if you both fall in love with the same person? You guys can just oh, that would share. Be a, that would be a, that would be a <laughs> shit show beyond belief. Exactly what happens. Too. Really? Okay. Oh, I don't, I don't think we have the same taste, frankly. Um, no, I'll just really? say, I'll just say this. I think like, <laughs> just, you're like, you have worse taste. D. That's what, you're <laughs> what is, what is why? What's your ideal type? Yeah, he wants to date another celebrity. Oh, stop. Why don't you just sound like a loser? <laughs> just, just no, I just spot. think like somebody that like also is like equally as ambitious as me. That's okay. like that's fair. willing to go like balls to the wall for their career. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I think that because to me, that's like something that I, I really like about myself is like I'm very committed yeah. to like m- doing what I love. And I and I think if there was somebody that wasn't like that, it'd be very hard for me to like see that. That's right. Because I think that's not at all who will be. I think it's going to be somebody more laid back. And I think I will marry someone like, or like I mean, ideally, like a Rebel Wilson type. That, like, well, I'll let them be crazy while I won't have to be. Okay. Well, you know, because you might think you want that, but then that might spark a competitiveness in you. Because you definitely, you have, like, that sort of competitive drive in you. And if... And if you don't stay sort of paralleled with your partner and like, let's say one of y'all oh, exceeds or something, up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that might create tension. Could be like one of those things where like, if one of us gets to the, you know, if one of us gets there, we both get there kind of thing. Twins are like, it'd be like to me, and I don't know if this is like controversial or not, but like, it's sort of like people have different backgrounds, whether it's your culture, ethnicity, whatever. We want to be, like yeah. being twins is just like kind of a part of like our heritage, frankly. Like it's just kind of who we, <laughs> we are. We didn't choose it. We were just born right. this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, so it's not, into it, yeah, but no, is it our only identity? It. Absolutely not. Is it a big part of our identity? Yeah, yeah it is. But, but it's also what makes us special too. Yeah, but it's yeah. not like our only crutches that we look the same. It's like we're, you know. You have talent and you have other, you have things to back up. Us being twins is like the caviar on top of a an amazing dish it's like yeah like the caviar is gonna catch your eye but like the dish as a whole better make sense yeah the creme fraiche better be yeah creme fraiche some melon mm-hmm. what's that one dish? a bellini <laughs> yeah oh, you know not. i'm saying like the famous caviar melon dish that yeah i think it's daniel balloon's bow tie thing but i'm not sure what is the one with the little potato with the creme fraiche and then the caviar on top that's bellini Okay. I like those. Anyways. Mm, those are delicious. I agree. I agree with you. It's not your only identifier. One more question for you, because I want to end my episodes by asking everyone what their rage text of the day would be, of the week, whatever it might be, but just something. It could be inanimate. It could be a person. Please don't let it be your brother. Wait, hmm. I'm <laughs> seriously probably never rage texted in my life. Okay, so if you were to. I rage to, text all the time. Yeah. <laughs> same. If you were to, what would you like, who or what would you like to rage text to? And what would you say? Can you give me like an example or maybe you go first mm-hmm. and then I go or. Okay, so 
been Thanksgiving, people posting really unattractive pictures of food. Like get mm. throw a little light on that shit. I don't want to see your gross mediocre dry m- macaroni and cheese with a questionable meat portion thrown in there. Like I get, I get like disproportionately angry when I see these like mm. poorly photographed food Ooh, pictures. Also like food, all Thanksgiving food is brown basically. So it's like, we need some, a little what, more variety some, on the plate. Yeah. Okay. So if I were to rage check something and this is really, I love that one, yeah, <laughs> I love that. And I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking off of you. Okay. And this might, you know, I really need to think about how to phrase this because it could come off totally wrong because it's the anti part of our brand. Like our brand is to like empower people in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I do think that I, I don't really love when people that like never really cook, cook on a holiday and like flaunt it like they're Martha Stewart. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. you didn't just wake up like and make this thing happen. Like. Or, or if that's what you're trying to say about yourself, like you're where we can all tell you're lying. Like cooking is like something you're like committed to. <laughs> and it's yeah. not like a thing you can just wake up and say you do. And people in the same way you can't just wake up and play an instrument either. Right. Yeah. That's very true. And we live in a world where it's like, you know, everybody, you know, we're a very food, very food centric culture right now mm-hmm. because you can always go and get the trendiest thing and go eat at so the you, trendiest place. you don't like place. posers. <laughs> I guess basically what I'm saying is, yeah, I don't like people that I don't want to say I don't like people that whatever. I'm just saying like to me, if you're going to commit to something, go go all out and do that. And don't just like do it for show on a holiday because you, you want to get those like sympathy. Like, oh, my God, that looks delicious. DM response. I'm piggybacking off of you. Like if you really wanted me to get into like another thing. I mean, like, like I think I think you coming from your world, you feel that way about it. I just would laugh at that person and be like, oh. Poor thing. Well, but in reality, before you close off, reality, I do want everybody to get in the kitchen but what and cook if they and whatever. Put it, but is it okay if they feel proud of themselves for? Yeah, see, never, that's why I kind of feel bad for saying. I what feel I'm like saying. so, but I feel like right now, so many people because everyone's kind of doing just Thanksgiving at home and doing like their. Like a lot of people are like, normally I go back home, but like this is my first year alone, and so they've they have never done it or they don't typically cook, you know. So but you're not seeing it from their perspective. No, yeah. it's true. I know I'm coming in you're from just a weird being like, like oh, all of a sudden you want to flex. No, let me <laughs> No, yeah, let me let me rephrase it. Of course, okay. I want to do anything and to help people get into the kitchen and and cook the dishes that they love and they want to, you know, if they're making them for themselves for the first time for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Everybody should do that. Every everybody more people should do it if they can. I think what I'm saying is like I don't like the like influencer-y part of like the food culture, which is just like you don't know shit about that. You're just like also, doing it because well, it looks just, good. That's social media as a yeah. whole. Yeah. So my rage text is like things. My rage text is is to the people that like Make that their thing. Make that their thing. Like that gotcha. if that's your thing, that's kind of a sad thing to have. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't like, want to end on like a weird, like aggressive tone. <laughs> I'm a happy okay. person. I know. I'm really, like, it's all good. But you know what? It feel, it's, it's a rage text. They're not, they're not always rational. So yeah, it doesn't and matter. Not, mine was not. It doesn't matter. So yeah, what about you, D? Okay. So this is something that because I don't rage text, I have to like now think of something that I do would have rage texted about. And COVID or something. You know what I mean? And again, I'm going to double down on the fact that it's probably a, more of a in, introspection and that you're, I'm projecting something that I'm mad at, that I'm really mad at myself That's for. <laughs> no, but I'm, but I, again, I don't do that. I don't rage. I'm just saying you to other people, it maybe it is a thing that you did. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for for coming on the podcast. Thank you for I having fun. us. I feel like I learned I learned some things I never knew before. I know so. we definitely went deeper into a lot of things that we don't typically get to in a normal 
it was illuminating. I'll oh. say that much. All right. Well, until next time, goodbye. <laughs>